Welcome to Audacity. I am Stephen. And I'm Michael. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, yeah, for sure. How you doing with question? I guess it's like part two of us even bringing this up, but it's hot as hell outside. Yeah, ironically enough, I'm I'm sitting in my basement right now, and I'm wrapped up like a Lakota Sioux in Dances with Wolves because the basement is so cold. But if I walked outside, it would just be absolutely miserable outside. It is hot. It is fucking hot. And yeah, I think it was like the natural temperature today was a hundred. Yeah, yeah, and you know heat indices were out in the one hundred five to one ten range, and it's been like that. It's been like that this whole summer down here, which has been pretty unusual because it, you know, we, we have, we always down here in, in the Southland, we always have our, we always have our, you know, one or two or three, maybe hundred degree days, but it's been like probably 15 or 20 this summer. It's just been, it's been ridiculously hot. We've been, which they've been breaking records around the world. You know, you know, I feel sorry for the people. I feel sorry for the people in Europe that are going through the heat wave right now where they're not equipped like we are to handle the heat. You know, we have three ton air conditioners, you know, multiple air conditioners on the house, you know, down here, whereas there, you know, they got fans and hope. Oh yeah. And it also just depends on where you live down here too. Some people Mm -hmm. don't have it and, uh, yeah. So it's, it's no good. It's no good at all. Yeah, I had to. I had to actually get out in the in the heat today uh, to do yard work. We, you know, we actually had about a, a three week period there where it had not rained. We, you know, not only is it hot, but we're in severe drought in a lot of places down here. And, uh, you know, because it wasn't raining, my grass was growing. And so, or, I'm sorry, it was not growing. My grass was not growing. So, you know, for three weeks, I didn't have to mow or do anything. And we finally got some rain last week and the grass started growing again. So I had to get out there and take care of that, which was extremely unpleasant in, in this heat. I think uh, even in the even in the dry times like that, you should keep a schedule. Just just roll the mower out there. Don't run the engine. <laughs> just walk around, you know, keep in a habit. Keep the well, pace, you, you, keep the grooves in the yard, you know. Well, you got to show the grass that you're still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. Get, I mean, it can't get uppity, start growing up. You know, right. a couple of inches. That's it gets out of hand. Yeah, you got uh, you got to show the grass you're not fucking around. Yeah, you know, it's like, hey, I still have the mower. Just wander around in the yard with some sort of bladed instrument. <laughs> I don't care if it's a machete or a katana Shake it, or a pair of scissors, you know. Right, yeah, yeah, man. Snip, 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 snip. <laughs> I got you. You see this? This is your warning. Yeah. <laughs> don't 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 fuck around. This is don't, your warning. Don't get over this high. <laughs> exactly. So, and that's uh, and and you know that's such a that's such a uh, an old guy thing, you know. Because I remember being in my being in my teens and twenties, and I couldn't have gave a shit less what my grass was doing you know now i'm a little more conscious of it and but i'll tell you i'm a lot less conscious than i than most men my age matter of fact if i had my way i'd let prairie grasses take it over yeah just go back to the natural state of yard you know i would i would i would have i'd have bee you know plants for bees and stuff like that like uh was it out west where there i saw i don't know how true this is but I guess in certain places like in Arizona or whatever, they're offering, I guess, to pay people to replace their lawns with, uh, I guess, I'm, I take it fake grass or something to not have a lawn to water, basically. Oh, so going to like going to like AstroTurf. Yeah, you know, I guess top. so. Well, hell, I'd do that. I just put in like a little uh, sand garden. You know, I mean, well, but those grow weeds. If I had my way, I'd asphalt my front yard. Get you just start, just start the, just start at the street and go just all asphalt all the way to the front door. No, it'd get hot, but and I could, but I could park in my front yard too. So <laughs> you know, be extra dry. You wouldn't extra have any problem space. turning around. Back no, no. <laughs> you know? no, no. It'd be, it'd be awesome. It'd be extra parking. I mean, that's. To me, that's a to me that's a, a sales feature. If you're going to sell the house, it's like, look at this parking, it, all the way up to the front door. You see this? 
you lived in a yeah. bigger city, you could rent it then. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's like, hey, look at my look at my my six parking spaces. I'm going to rent this for mm-hmm. three hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. That's what people who live around you know stadiums and stuff like that in bigger cities will do. That they'll mm-hmm. rent out their parking spots for game game day. I bet they make a killing it's doing like, it too. I, I bet don't they even do too. I don't. I don't even have an idea what they would even charge for something like that. Uh yeah. Do you know, I, I don't know um, because. The the going rate for a monthly spot in a covered like apartments parking garage mm-hmm. is around two hundred two fifty. Last time I paid any attention to it, mm. it could be, and that's a few years ago at least. So that mm. it could be in the three hundreds. It also depends probably where you are proximity you know but as as far as like a daily here just rent my rent the spot for the game Mm -hmm. i don't know oh i'm sure it it probably depends on just how close you are to it and how easy of a uh or how good of a convenience it is yeah if you get 50 bucks off of it or something uh, shit more than that probably i mean let's say you live on the other side of addison street you know and the cubs are playing yep you know i mean how, how much is it worth to you? Is it worth $150, $200 to be able to walk right into the stadium? Well, the thing is, too, about them. So I I got to be honest with people here listening. I don't care for baseball that much. Uh, oh, God, you it's communist. Just, it's just not. Yeah, I don't know. What, what are you talking, I mean, the American sport is football. We like to give each other concussions and then pretend that it's not a problem. But it's not, but it's not the American pastime. It is. You, American pastime is baseball. I would argue that giving each other concussions is very much, or brain well, damage, just brain well, damage in I mean, general, uh, is very much the America pastime. But anyway, I did go to several baseball games because it's fun to just go and bullshit, right? Sure. Like that's sure. that seems to be the point of the whole sport. It, it, it moves. It, baseball baseball moves slow enough that you can go to a game with friends and socialize and still really not miss anything. Right. It's but, not like football or basketball where if you, if you look away for just a second, you're going to miss something. But the, uh, the Cubs, I guess because they play like 4,000 games a season, 182 games a season. Um, or I'm sorry, 162, 162. The Cubs games usually weren't sold out. And so, oh, Cubs, well, the Cubs suck too. So, you know, well, I mean, they did win the world series while I was there. It took my hundred years. So, uh, I don't want to get into your bias. I don't I, again, again, I don't care about baseball. I hate baseball. I hate <laughs> them all. So, <laughs> so I don't, don't, don't bring that at me. Cause I don't care. You can talk to, I, I don't even know who, who of our friends likes baseball. Uh, uh a few of them do. I think Al does. Al likes ball. Heath likes ball. Uh, Yeah, you can talk to Heath about that. Y'all can bitch at each other. Uh, But anyway, it wasn't really all that crowded. So I don't know how the charging of the rental spaces would go until it gets later on in the season. Maybe they're playing a divisional rival thing or, you know, whatever. Maybe, Maybe it starts getting crowded a little bit more, but. I just I just know that Chicago of of and I haven't been to too many baseball games or, or really sporting events in that many cities, but uh, of the ones I've been to, Chicago is is unique in the fact that around Wrigley Field there, you've got you know Wrigleyville, yeah, which is which is all those condos and apartments that that are around the stadium. I actually had a chance to to go to watch a game in one of those uh, company that I was working for at the time rented one of them and you know we had food and drinks and you know had a view right into the back of the park there um but you don't see that like like i'm a cardinals fan but you don't see you know you don't see that around bush stadium very much i could be wrong but i think that some of the newer construction at the field and all that kind of curtailed a lot of that really getting the view into the stadium and all that yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well, then fuck your driveway parking because because right? uh, <laughs> we can't have people getting a free experience of the game or whatever. That's just that as would a, also just, be that would also be un-American. 
just as a benefit of living around the stadium. Yeah. Mm-hmm, but, uh, well, um, as, um, as y'all may or may not know, this is, um, this is part two of an episode we did on dating, marriage and relationships. And in part one, uh, we heard, we heard the married guy's perspective, my perspective, uh, the man who's been, who's been married for 16 years and, uh, you know, got to hear all about what, what married life is like and that kind of thing. And so for, for part two, we're going to talk about the single life. And our, our friend Stephen here is going to, going to talk about his experiences as a man who was, who's been married, divorced, and has been a part of the dating pool for for some time now as he as he's entering his forties and the experiences that he's uh that he's come up with that, which I, I think are interesting because we're we're kind of a, and Stephen, you might agree, but we're kind of in a unique position where, you know, we kind of both live vicariously through each other in terms of in terms of, of marriage and, and dating. You know, because I, you know, you, you kind of, you get very amused at the anecdotes I have about my daughter, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in that and, place, because it's like, you know, <laughs> uh, the, the, the terminology is correct, but I, I started laughing because the living vicariously usually means like getting some sort of joy uh, out of it. <laughs> well, and, and not that it isn't, but it, it's usually used as I'm going to, live my i'm gonna live out some of the fantasy shit that i wish i could still do Uh, you know through you and that's not really it's not not really quite as accurate yeah yeah because yes i do i i don't i don't believe i'll ever have kids i don't i'm not particularly interested in doing that uh but yeah it is funny to me to watch you know a guy that i've known so long then come in have a kid, and now I'm hearing all these stories uh, about this experience. And like we were talking about some stuff earlier, it's like I can tell you what I in general think, but I fully recognize that I do not know what it is like to be a parent. And there's some, there's probably some intangibles during all that that oh, makes definitely. it uh, uh, a little bit maybe not so straightforward as I might think yeah it's it's there there is absolutely nothing logical logical about parenthood it's just because because children are not logical you know children are not beaten are not bastions of logic so you know because children are not logical and and children aren't rational for the most part there is no rationality to parenting it's not that straightforward and so but you know and probably the more accurate would be i lived vicariously through steven because he Mm -hmm. gets you know he well yeah because because you you've told some stories about some of the dates you've been on and some of the some of the activities you've engaged in where I'm like god damn it that lucky bastard sure well, no yeah, you're, I wish, you're, wish you're, I could. you're completely you're completely overselling my stories cuz most of my stories are like I dated in crazy town this time and that's time and this time and this time. And oh, she was nice and normal. We just didn't hit it off back to crazy town and are like, or they thought I was crazy to be fair, you know, Mm -hmm. to be totally fair. And, uh, so I think the, your get your level of enjoyment comes from, and I'm going to throw this out there with the full understanding that I did it right back to you. Uh, The enjoyment of one's suffering. Ah, the Schadenfreude. Yes, you're. Uh, I think I think there's a lot of that that goes in because, uh, yeah, I, I tell a lot of stories that are more like, listen to this stupid thing I did, and uh, <laughs> let me tell you about this crazy bitch. You know, and like last time, <laughs> yeah, it's it's usually less of that though, mm. uh, to be honest. And I think if. I think that's a thing that a lot of guys who are still dating, they like to say that yeah, to get away from the, all the stupid shit they did. Right. Right. You right. know, or, or like the bullshit that they did was never pointed out to them. So they just think that they were normal. Right. Right. In the situation. Right. And right. I am at least self enough, self-aware enough to recognize that how I could have been the crazy one in the moment. 
Uh, but I try not to be, I try to be sort of calmer and straightforward when I start dating somebody or whatever and communicate. I went to school for, you know, a social psychology focused on business degree. I like to think that I can talk things out with people pretty well. And I think in general I do, uh, it, yeah, it does pretty but, good job, but, um, so, so, yeah. so with that, in that vein now, now, now that, now that myself and our listeners are intrigued, let, let's, or, what's your story or, or not, uh, or, or not. We may, we, we, I may be the only one. Well, we're going to talk about know. it anyway, cause they, That's it's right. not like they can say anything in the moment right now to stop us. Uh, That's right. So, so, so let, let's what, so tell us, tell us your story. Uh, so I guess my experience from the early time was. I got married to someone that I dated off and on starting in high school, then again in college. And then we got married. And then very shortly after that, I mean, like a week and a half after that, moved to South Korea, Seoul, taught English for a couple of years. So our first two years of marriage was uh, learning about all that stuff in a completely different place from where we grew up <laughs> and mm, yeah. uh, n- not just different city n- or not just different state, uh, completely different side of the world. Um, which of course has its challenges and everything, but it was also pretty fun. I mean, or at least for my part, I know you and anybody listening is only getting one side of the conversation here, but I thought sure. it was pretty fun. Uh, uh, without going too far into just talking about that, that part, that experience, uh, I liked Korea. It was cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, we were there for, we were only going to be there for a year. And then we decided that, uh, our, our spot was pretty good. We were making pretty decent money for that kind of teaching. And so we decided to stay again, uh, for another year. And then, um, and because also, when we signed our contracts, they flew us out there and then they were on the hook to fly us back when we took our, uh, you know, permanent leaving the country flight. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we knew we had that in the back pocket. So why not stay another year? We already lived there. Uh, so we did. So we stayed there another year, uh, came back and then moved to, uh, Connecticut, because she had uh, gotten into a certain law school that's up there. Um, it's not very well known, so it's not even worth really saying the name of it or anything. But uh, hmm. uh, yeah, so we did that. Yes. And then that was a, uh, and that was kind of a, there's a lot of things, but I think the thing that I will point out too, for just the sake of this conversation, because again, as I've said multiple times and talking about this, uh, what we were going to talk about for these episodes. I'm not setting out to uh, be extremely negative or use talking on a podcast to speak badly about anybody. Sure. Um, so just the main thing is got married too young. And I don't think either of us really wanted that for that time. Um, and you know, through the course of about four years kind of kept, kept running into that. And so, you know, problems, fights, whatever it, it all just kind of boiled down to me anyway. Uh, this kind of feeling that eh, this isn't the right thing. This isn't what either one of us really wanted to be doing. Um, and, and so we just decided to, to stop and it was pretty amicable. Uh, we both recognized that there was some fundamental things wrong and they weren't likely to change. Uh, just kind of two people without enough experience of dating around and to find what you were really looking for. It was sort of like we found the best of what was around for us, you know, mm-hmm. and kind of tried to ride that out. And once you get out there in the world, suddenly it's like, oh, this isn't, we just kind of, we just kind of latched onto each other and went out, you know, 
not the best situation, not the best start or whatever. It wasn't like you had you're 30 and you've had a lot of life experience and then you meet somebody that you really like and connect with and you understand that, Oh, this is why this person is better than all these other people I dated or whatever. We didn't Mm -hmm. have that. And so we had no, uh, context, I guess, for what, what constituted, yes, we should be married and this will work. Um, so anyway, after that, I moved back to Arkansas for a couple of years, except I didn't live like close to where we are from and where we live right now. I mm-hmm. moved to Little Rock and because I also wanted to go to school there to take some more undergrad classes to kind of figure out like what I was going to. I wanted to go. I knew I wanted to go to grad school, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to go, why I wanted to go or what field. Um. And so I was taking some classes and doing stuff there and kind of meeting people. But during this time, I really wasn't back in the headspace of, I want to date or at least not for the first year. Mm -hmm. And then going into the second year, it was more, I kind of just want to like, you know, go out, see if I can meet some very short term experiences because I knew that I wasn't going to stay in Arkansas mm-hmm. and about halfway through the second year, I had started applying to others to schools outside the state or whatever, and then got accepted to a uh, school in Chicago. And that's why I moved up there. So didn't really want to date anybody, you know, it's not that I didn't go out or look or whatever, but in the back of my eyes, I just knew I'm not staying here. Um, As a matter of fact, a lot of the people that I met and uh, friend groups and people that I went out with, they were kind of in Little Rock for school and also weren't really staying. They were going to go off somewhere else, too. So it's kind of a good group of people to have stuff to go out with at the time, but not really the crowd that, you know, you're going to also a lot of them were in med school. uh, Mm -hmm. Goodbye. Weird circumstance of running around with one of our other mutual friends there met a lot of people that were in med school and that's just a whole different crowd of people. Cause I mean, they're focused on a really high level of schooling. They've got their own crowd that they run with or whatever. And I'm not really commenting on it like, Oh, they didn't like hanging out with people who weren't in med school. That's not, that wasn't true, but sure. there's always this sense of, there's a lot going on for people going through that, you know, and they genuinely do not have the time for that. And a lot of times uh, they're not looking for it, you know? And so, which was, I felt good for me personally for that time, because it gave me the chance to sort of get used to being a single person again. Cause again, it had been, uh, I mean, four years of marriage, but then, three, four, five-ish years, somewhere in there of dating the same person. And so, you know, it's a long time of not doing the dating thing at all, right? Right, right. And so, you know, I needed time to disconnect from that and readjust to the new uh, situation with that. And so it really wasn't until I got to Chicago where I thought, okay, now I'm interested in doing this. I'm at a place where I know I'm going to be here for a few years. Now I'm interested in doing that again. Um, And so up there though, was my kind of first experience with uh, doing any sort of online dating. Um, And maybe this is something I can go into a little bit later or whatever, but uh, so that, that was its own thing, but Mm -hmm. being in a bigger city, you kind of had more opportunity for that. Lots of lot, lot more people, you know, doing that there and who are, you know, you do it. It's normal. You message somebody, you go out, you meet them for a drink. There you go. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I did a lot of that. I dated a few people through my time there, uh, but nothing again, you know, nothing ever really stuck or whatever. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm again, I, I don't, I don't really necessarily want to start 
you know, telling stories about people or whatever. So I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay away from that side of it. But right. uh, most of my experience has just been, you know, acclimated to living in a very large city with a large dating population. Now I, about four or five years ago is when I kind of started to get a little bit burnt out on that scene. Uh, because online dating, when I first started doing that, it was cool. Lots of people were doing it. It seemed like people were ge- fairly genuine about it or whatever. And then after a while, after a few years of doing that or whatever, you just get tired of it and you just, you take a break, you know, mm-hmm. or at least for me, I, I would. Um, and then, you know, of course, uh, here two years ago, and, you know, for me, that's like seven eight years of being in Chicago and doing that. And I also dated people that I met through school and things like that. I didn't all only, uh, do online dating or whatever. Um, but then, you know, COVID happens and I just happened to be down here when everything shut down. So I was down here. And so now it's been, you know, mm, approaching, I guess in February, it'd be, uh, three years of not really being able to date. I know there are people who are back at it and whatever. Uh, I just haven't personally done that. Right. Um, but yeah, that, so that's just kind of broad strokes of, of my life and the, the course of my life. But again, I didn't, I, I, I can't tell a whole lot of stuff without going into stuff about specific people, which I don't, really want to do because i don't i think that's pretty rude honestly but uh well, sure but yeah i'm i'm hoping so, yeah go ahead so going back going back to the the online dating thing so what what what's your impression you know what's your impression online versus conventional dating what are what are some of the because you've done you've done both obviously yeah, you yeah. you because you, you know when i when I got married, you know, online dating still wasn't really a viable option. Well, back you know, back, still, it, back then, it was uh, almost taboo. Yeah, it was. It was one of those things. Thing, it was one of those things you kind of did in the shadows, and you were kind of ashamed of, you know, yeah. because it was it was seen as uh, it was seen as almost desperation. You know, back I, then, so I did I did do that uh, once, not. I wasn't purposely online dating though. This is, uh, I, uh, ended up talking to someone through like a mutual interest chat group thing. And we decided to meet each other and whatever. And it was fine. She wasn't a murderer or anything. She was very nice. It was just a very long distance thing. And that wasn't really going to work. Right. Uh, But even then I remember, you know, when, you know, we, she agreed to come to Arkansas. Right. And even afterward, I would tell people that she was like a friend I met through college. Right. Because I was worried about the idea of, Oh, she's just somebody I met online. Cause that back then you, people didn't really do that at all. No, And it was just assumed that if you did do that, it was some complete weirdo again, like probably a murderer, you know, <laughs> just, just any bad thing you could possibly say about it. Uh, so, so I didn't. And then that was my impression of it until I moved to Chicago and then a million people, a couple million people are doing it there. Uh-huh. And so, uh, you know, online versus conventional. Um, online, at least for me, and it turns out I was probably doing it wrong. Uh, I sort of crafted my profile, had pictures and whatever. And this was also, I started doing this, uh, right before you had professional online dating coaches and bullshit like that, telling you how to craft your profile and what kind of pictures to include. And that they hadn't they hadn't uh, distilled it down to a well-oiled machine yet. Uh-huh. And so, which was, I liked it before they did that. 
right? Because right. you could get on there and you could see people's profiles and they were writing as themselves. And, it, you know, you yeah. kind of got a better impression of them without ever having to talk to them. If you didn't, if you read through there and you're just like, nah, not for me. Uh, yeah. Now it's just sort of like, here's five perfect pictures. Here's one with a tiger. Here's one me doing yoga on a mountain somewhere. Uh, here's one with my parents. Uh, here's one with me dressed up and here's one with my dog. Right. And that's all you ever see. You see the same five pictures from everybody. I'm sure it's the same on the, like people looking at men, same way they posing with guys. It's like, here's my picture of my fish that I caught. And right. you know, here's here me. I am, what, here I am white lifting. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Like that kind of stuff or whatever. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, very Instagram model. Sounds yeah. like it's just an extension yeah. of that of like this persona that you want to throw out there or whatever. And I got which, which got, to me is to me is scary because you don't. It, it 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 almost takes it. It's almost like a throwback to dating in real life. You don't know what you're getting. Whereas it, where it seems like it seems like the old, you know, the little exposure I had to it before I got married, you know, you you are at least getting a view of the person as they were. Yeah, kind of. You know, in the early to, days, to to an extent. You yeah, know. in the early days, more people would write more in their profile mm-hmm. or they would write nothing and then just skip their profile or whatever. You know, it's, it, it's fine either way. Um, mm-hmm. but I liked the very early days of okay. Cupid because it leaned a lot more on all their questions that you answer. Right. And a lot of people would get on there and I did too. I answered hundreds of these questions just cause I was bored. You, you know, mm-hmm. I would do it just because like, well, they had all these, you know, you know, your opinions about different things, just questions about everything. Right. And you could go through there. And if you found somebody who's a potential match and let's say you're in the 90% or above match, that usually meant you'd answered, you know, about a hundred at least questions. And a lot of them matched each other because they had some fundamental core questions that I guess were more heavily weighted for that. Right. Right. Uh, But then you had all these other questions that it might be, you know, stuff like, uh, I like to smoke a lot of weed all the time. And it's like, you got four options of how much you agree or disagree. And then you could wait, like how important is this to you? Okay. Right. And so you go through there and it's like, well, I don't smoke a lot of weed. I don't care if other people do. But I don't also want to be with somebody who's stoned out of their mind yeah. all the time. Yeah, it's you know? not my jam. It's and so if jam, I yeah. see somebody's answer to that question, even if a lot of their other stuff is, oh, that sounds good, that sounds good, that sounds good. But then you get to some of these ones that maybe aren't weighted as high uh, by the the core matching system. Right. But you see some of those, and it's like, ah, you know, probably not. And it, you, I wouldn't just stop at one question unless it just happened to be one that I really thought was important. Like, do, like some of them is how, like how many kids do you want or something like that? So of right. course, you know, somebody who's like four, then when I, I'm not even sure I want one, that's a big, you know, that's kind of a deal breaker type of thing. Right. right? And right, so you can right. kind of see that stuff. And to me, I liked that uh, aspect of it where it prevents you meeting someone in real life, not knowing who, who the hell they are at all. And then say you like each other to go out for a while. Say you're with each other a few months. And then that question comes up. Like to me, man, I could have just saved a whole lot of time. If I'd just seen your online profile, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. That's, and that's what I was sitting there thinking when you were talking about that was, you know, you, you, you date somebody for three or four months and then the subject to children comes up and or, or, or whatever big, or yeah, or whatever thing, it is, right? you know, and you, and you find that y'all have completely opposite viewpoints on that. And it just happens to also be a deal breaker. Yeah. You know, it, and then all of a sudden it's like, man, I really like that person. That really sucks or whatever, you know, or you, and you wasted your time. And also right. another part of that, some people are 
fine with that happening or whatever, because, uh, they want to be dating people. Mm -hmm. I have never really been that person. I don't constantly want to be with somebody all the time. Right. Um, so for me, I would rather save the time. And even if it's like, well, I'm getting laid, it's gotta be good. Right. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess, but <laughs> well, and, that, not, and not that's, really. and, well, and that's, and that's the living vicariously part, you know, through you part this, it's the getting laid part because, yeah, but that you would, know, when, when you're, when, well, but when you're, when you're at the risk of really, I mean, no shit, off. I just made myself sound really uncool. I mean, I was doing that all the time. <laughs> Well, at the, at the risk of, at the risk of really pissing my wife off, you know, <laughs> it's, um, you know, if she ever listens to this episode, um, you know, you kind of get, you kind of get tired of being with the same, you're going to get in trouble, man. I, I, I do well, not, uh, I would just like to state for public record. I do not condone. Oh, God damn. My, you, you, big, you fucking wuss. My podcast partner. Well, but the thing is, is I, I really don't, that's been, that's been a disconnect for me. I don't, I'm not saying like you're fucking awful or whatever. Let's first, <laughs> let's get that straight. But well, that's I, been I a think... disconnect for me, like since the time when I could remember being interested in girls in that way and knowing why I was, uh, I, I don't go in on that kind of conversation, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just don't, I never have, like, I don't. That's well, not that and, I don't want to do that. I'm not asexual by any means. It's just, and, mm. and let me let me qualify what I was saying. Okay, yeah, it's try, not so try much to dig yourself out, man. Yeah, my give me throw me a shovel. I'm gonna try to dig out of this <laughs> hole. Um, it's it's not so much the idea of yeah, I want to be getting laid, different girl every night, that kind of thing. It's you know, and this and this is a common problem in any marriage is. Eventually, you start getting bored with who you're with. Because if you're with somebody for 10, 20, 30 years, and it's just the same all the time, it gets boring after a while. you got to start and, wearing costumes, man. Well, and, and that's, that's, where, that's where you hope that you have a, a partner that doesn't mind a little bit of experimentation. It's, it's, or not, you're free you know, in the same direction. Is that right? It? You're, you're <laughs> hope. Yeah. You're hoping you, yeah, exactly. That's the best way to put it. You're both freaky in the same direction. You're and, um, equally weird. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you, you hear stories about your single friends who are out there and it's like, yeah, I've got this girl and we got, we hooked up and all that. And it's like, and I think there's a certain amount of it for some guys, some guys, and I'm not necessarily like this, but you, you hear this in some guys where they talk about, it's all about the hunt, Oh, God. you know, for, for them, for them, it's, for them, it's as much about the conquest, which is really stupid, I think. But, you know, you, you do hear, you do hear some narrative about that too. Occasionally is, you know, it's like you were talking about the people that want to be with somebody all the time yeah. and the people that are into that hookup. Yeah. That's like the same, that hookup culture, issue, you know, right that's, that's, yeah. that's the same, that's the scene there that those types are part yeah. of the ones that, that, that view it as almost like a hunting trip. And I don't, you know, I, my, my issue there is not with the actual process or the, the mm. thing that they're enjoying out of it. It's mm-hmm. more with the terminology. Right. It's like, man you like going out and trying to get laid let's not let's not don't don't sugarcoat it yeah let's not uh you're not an author uh don't don't make it into a story don't make it into (laughs) a thing you don't have to use any of these cliche fucking sayings or bullshit or whatever you like going out and trying to get laid that's fun it's that's that's all it is that's simple and that's fine because everybody enjoys that to an extent and then there's also crowds of people that you can find that you're targeting that are also into that same stuff, mm-hmm. especially in a big city. You know, right. when you're going out there like that, it, you're going to find that there's no, that's what Tinder, that's how Tinder was so successful. Is there tons of people of every interest and, you know, all walks of life that are into doing that stuff all, and they all, can all, find each other. All, all kinks, all freakiness, all, Sure. You know, so on and so on, you know, let's just be honest about what it is. You know I mean? It's, uh, I'm all about people figuring that out and finding it and being happy how they need to be happy or whatever. It's just, I find, I personally find the dating process and doing, 
like going through that exhausting. So I, I don't have fun going on dates with people to get so is to this, know them. Is this a persp- Is this a? Is this something? Is this a conclusion you've come to being forty, or is this was this something that you discovered in your twenties too? No, well, probably not in twenty. I mean, again, I was only concerned with one person for most of my twenties. Well, sure, so, sure. So that wasn't that didn't. So let's really just say say you're very in say my you're very late. So because I, yeah, I moved to Chicago like when I turned thirty. Right. And I was there until now. So like 10 years. So my entire thirties of being a single person, uh, no, I always did. Like if I messaged someone or whatever, and we had a good conversation through, you know, the messaging on whatever online thing, it was mostly okay. Cupid. I used a couple of others. Didn't really do the Tinder thing. Cause again, that was really more about, <laughs> uh, the, the quick, yeah, the hookup culture thing. And I, I didn't really care for that. I don't, I, I'm not opposed to hookups. It's just not really what I'm looking for a lot of the time when I'm, when I'm interested in trying to date. Uh, right. And I, yeah, like after a bit, the process of finding somebody and like, uh, you know, I think another thing is, is I, will acknowledge that I'm potentially too picky. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a, Oh, I have just such and such standards or whatever. It's I've been married before. I know exactly the stuff that I would look for as like a, this is like at least a pink flag, if not a red flag entirely. Right. And I want to avoid that at all costs. And so I'm sure that there are people that I could have messaged that I could have gone out with. Maybe I would have hit it off, but I didn't even bother because I saw something that was too close to one of those flags. Mm -hmm. Right. And so going through that and trying to, you know, first of all, like find the profile of somebody that I wanted to message in the first place took time because I wasn't just, I'm not, I'm also not one of those people that would just blanket message anyone that I thought they're pretty in their picture either. Um, and then, then they have to message you back. <laughs> then that you have to have a decent enough conversation to even want to entertain meeting them in person and having a conversation. Right. Uh, and so there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of filters for me that I think, you know, other people do that too, but a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. They're just cool with sending out a message. Hey, go for drinks tomorrow. Sure. Let's do it. Boom. Done. And they go because I think that they enjoy that. I don't, I don't want to go out with somebody unless I have a good idea that I'm going to enjoy it already. And then I'm okay if it doesn't work or if we don't agree to meet up again, because at least at the start, I had the impression that this has the possibility of me liking them. Right. But if I just blanket message, then it's, you know, it's no different than going to a bar and just canvassing the bar and then bouncing to the next one to see who bites. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you know in that case, you don't know what you're getting and for me. And I don't enjoy that. So I like the online when it was in the early days, I think right. now, if I had to do it again and like getting now we're talking about getting into my forties or whatever, I think the next time that I'm seriously, you know, uh, really looking to date, I might try to do some sort of more of a matchmaking thing. Yeah. Where you have people kind of more setting you up and those services have become more and more, uh, popular since yeah, I was see, yeah, I wasn't even aware they even existed anymore. Because, oh yeah, yeah, you know, like those kinds of I, things. It's like yeah, it is kind of like the old school, almost uh, not quite going through like a speed dating thing. Even though I've seen those uh, advertised for stuff before, and but that to me again, that's also like I'm. I don't know how much I want to sit there and talk to twenty people, and then as soon as you know, because for me, as soon as I started talking to someone and it's like, Oh, I find you attractive. I find this conversation interesting. It seems like I'm getting that impression back from you. Uh, let's just leave 
and go get a drink somewhere else and not do this cycle thing. Right. 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 You know, like I don't really yeah. want to be on the hook to sit there and go through this process or whatever. Uh, if I wa- if I were to walk in and the second person I talked to was awesome and right, right, right. You know, I, so I don't really like the idea of the speed dating thing or whatever, but that again, that's just me. I'm, I'm, it's, I am a introverted person, but dating is not an introverted activity. No, for sure. You know, and so it, it I mean, you can meet somebody who kind of matches your wavelength or whatever, but that's where online dating is great, except there's a whole lot of other shit you have to wade through to do that. Uh, and then also that's just on my end of it. That's not even talking about women having to deal with mm. a lot of psychotic people and sure. constant dick pics and, you know, all the <laughs> other bullshit that, you know, I, I never got a, dick pic or a naked picture or anything like that. I, you know, uh, I didn't have to deal with it. And so, yeah, I can't imagine how careful you have to be. And, and I say like, you know, I'm looking through profiles of people and seeing flags or whatever. I can't imagine the heightened level of flags that, uh, women put up. Oh, yeah. I, I would, I would hate to be a, I would hate to be a woman in the dating pool. Even, even now, even with, you know, the, as, as quote unquote woke as, as yeah, people tend to be now, but I don't think they're near as woke as we think they are. But, no. but can you, can you imagine, can you imagine being a woman in the dating pool when we were younger? It's gotta be worse then than it is now, you know, but, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of crazy People people can more easily access equally crazy people as them and and yeah. and hide in their little bubbles and echo chambers and get worse That's and true. worse and worse. I That's mean, you think like the incel crowds, like the oh yeah, I forgot the, about those guys. Yeah, the different colored pill crowds that are out there <laughs> and like red, red or blue and all all that bullshit. Uh, you know, I, and. You see, but you would, but you would hope that those people, except for the incels, obviously, but you would hope that you would hope that those people would eventually gravitate toward toward like-minded people. Um, you know, I know that's not always the case, but no, you know, I, would, I, I just think I just think there's more of a um, on both sides. Okay, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not us just talking like only men are doing crazy shit, but on on both sides you have these people who go looking for information thinking that it's going to help them succeed in the dating pool or whatever. And then the, but the, 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 the public pool where they're learning to swim is poisoned and they're not really learning how to socialize at all with regular people. Right. right, right, And, And they're not learning at all how to put their best selves forward and be authentic and all the things that really get you what you want. Never mind like self-improvement and all that other stuff that goes in on it too. Uh, and, and I think then now that's how you get all the Reddit stories about all the people that I went out on a date with somebody who such and such. And then I told them that, you know, I just didn't think it was a good match. And then they post the 17 pages of text messaging that they got being called every name in the book and berated right. for being a tease. If it's a girl or like, I don't know, some kind of, I don't know. I don't know what you do if it's a guy, but I've seen those two or whatever, but, uh, you know, I, it's, it's just rough. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough. It's rough out there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, well, and that's the thing, you know, I've been, I've been out of the dating pool for so long that it's hard for me to even imagine what it's like, you know, and I, and I've told people this before, if, you know, if something were to happen to me, me and my wife, you know, and I had, I, I, I would, wouldn't stand a chance in, in the dating pool today. That's, that's you when know. you just, you, you lock in some hobbies. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 it's exactly, it's exactly what happens. You, you are now, you are now a hobby person, right? You know, you, you, you've got to, you've got to redirect that, that energy, that nervous energy, 
AKA I'm not getting laid, you know, energy to something, to something, because I could, I couldn't imagine having a nat, having to wade through that just hellscape uh, of dating, especially at our age, because one thing, one thing I've discovered and, and I, I knew it logically, but I didn't really, I didn't really get a good sense of it until I started having friends and people I know get divorced recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you start dating at our age, you got to wade through a lot of baggage. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, really I mean, looking forward to that, by the way. You know, I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with, and unless you date somebody, you know, a decade younger than you. Actually, to be, to be perfectly honest, I'm not, I'm, I recognize that it's a thing, but mm-hmm. I'm not that concerned with it. If that makes sense. I, uh, I, maybe well, I need I to think, explain a little bit or something, but yeah, that, um, that would help me. I, I guess I'm just not, I'm not spending a lot of time worrying with it. Cause I think about, I kind of think about the difference between, and I think we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, uh, the difference between say dating in a place like Chicago versus here mm-hmm. in a smaller or, you know, any smaller right area. Right. Um, you, which I think also goes in with what you're saying is that, you know, a lot of time around here, it's people do like what we did. You get married kind of early, right. In your mm-hmm. early twenties after you're right out of college or whatever. Uh, you get married and then say it lasts longer. I mean, I, I think my experience was more rare for this kind of thing in that we didn't have kids. We split up fairly early on, you know, we didn't stay together for 15 years before we split up or whatever. Uh, we kind of got to moving on the moving on part faster. Right. Um, but a lot of people don't do that. They end up with a couple of kids or, you know, whatever happens, or it's someone that's like in their mid thirties and their spouse passes away suddenly Mm -hmm. or something like that. And so, yeah, you have, you're right. You have a lot of things to consider that go along with it. But what I'm saying is, is where I'm not worried about it is that I feel like there's still going to be a pool of people who are like, for me, you know, uh, in their mid to late thirties, early forties, uh, that are in the same boat. It's going to be a smaller pool. I would be a very small pool, you know, but also I'm not thinking about doing that here where the pool right. is already small because right, 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 most right. people get move into their relationships and they're in them in their early twenties, mid twenties. And they're just in them. You know, that's the, that would be the hardest part now, regardless of age, even if I were looking at it into my thirties, early thirties, mm-hmm. it would well, have been that, more difficult around here because well, there's see, that's, fewer that's, people. That's kind of the situation my brother's in, you know, it's yeah. uh, you know, you know, both of our siblings are that way. You know, we, you know, you, you know, my brother is what is 2022. He's 34, you know, and he, he's starting to run into some of that, you know, yep. that, you know, and, and I'm going to tell you around here, what you're going to run into. If you, if you're looking at that pool around here, it's going to be divorcees and divorcees with kids. Right. And, you know, for me, for me, if I were going to stay around here, if I were, if, if I were a widower or I was divorced or something like that, and I was going to stay around here, um, you know, let's say I decide to stay here for the sake of my daughter. Right. Um, you know, my dating pool would be extremely small. Right. Uh, because, because I don't want to deal with divorcees. I don't want to deal with their exes. And especially if they have children, you know, because then, then you're dealing with the ex-husband and you're, you're dealing with children that don't belong to you. And so, you know, you're never, you're never, ever going to be a real authority figure with those children. You're always going to be the step parent. I think, well, that, that might depend on just how old they are. You know, well, and it all well, and in that case, it also depends on if the father, in this case, if the father is in their life and how good of a father they are. 
Right. Because I have seen it go the opposite way, where the children where the children just bond totally with the new the new parental figure. You know, I've seen it go both ways, but I've also seen it where you know you have to deal with that person's ex, and it's just it's a it's a real pain in the ass to deal with, and it's just you know I I can't. For me, I just can't imagine dealing with that. I don't have the patience or the inclination to deal with something like that. I would probably rather just be by myself than have to deal with that. Now, if I were in your situation where I was going to be in a major metropolitan area and where that pool is much larger, yeah, maybe I'd give it a shot. Yeah, and th- I mean, that's the thing. I'm like, again, I'm, real, I'm, not, I'm not sure where I'll end up just yet, but um, it's... Well, you not, ain't you ain't you ain't live in the country type. No, so. no, not really. I've had <laughs> I've had enough of that uh, for for one uh, half of a lifetime. So, uh, not not going to do that. So, yeah, I mean, it gets into there's a lot of there's a lot of different things, but uh, I do think that it's interesting to listen to people's experiences in doing it. But you, you want to know, you know, you know the thing that that really just pisses me off the most what's that when you talk about you know talk about relationships or whatever it's the people who really do have the like rom-com experience yes and it just yes. fucking works out for it like yeah Isn't it infuriating it is it is it's so and i've met a lot of people like that like a lot of people that ha, you know oh yeah 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 we we grew up next to each other exactly the proverbial high school sweethearts Ugh. even before like you know like it's like there's some people who are but even before that we we're just childhood friends or whatever like fuck you mm. <laughs> exactly <laughs> eat, eat shit and die yeah <laughs> i mean get, it, yeah, get, that, out here, that, get out of here with your perfect fucking situation yeah that shit makes me want to puke yes you i'm know. jealous i'm not gonna i'm not afraid to admit it which which I would say in the case of me and my wife, it was probably as, as close to rom-com as we could have got because, you know, well, I'll put it this way. My marriage proposal to my wife wasn't, wasn't the stuff of Hallmark movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. It was more along the lines of, Hey, you want to do this? And I'm not even, that's not how it's not exaggeration. I'm not faint from that one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it's just, it's so romantic, you know. It's it's Rhett Butler taking mm-hmm. Scott O'Hare up the stairs to ravage her. I mean, it's sure, it's, but I mean, yeah, it was it I've was basic that movie. Eh, it's all right. Uh, yeah, and, and, and yeah. I'm definitely going to catch shit for saying that. I have a because fe- I have a feeling you will. Yeah, because there are people that are that are fanatic about that movie, and I mean. Yeah, it's a it's a good movie. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, it's that's just like not a, my, it's not my it's not my jam as far as movies go. On the topic of dating people at movies, I I dated someone one time that was like she just she loved, uh, was it Breakfast at Tiffany's? Yes, she yes, loved that movie. I, and so I have one of those, and I never I'd never seen it, and I just thought, okay, I'm down to watch old movies or whatever. That's fine with me. I enjoy a lot of them. Uh don't really don't really care for that one yeah just, um it's just kind of eh, i don't know yeah my wife my wife was really into that because i remember when we when we started dating uh you know she was already teaching and her classroom had all this audrey hepburn stuff in it and it was all breakfast and tiffany type stuff she had it in, in her classroom and in her house and i was like yeah that sucks <laughs> and she, you know, she didn't, she didn't like that very much, but you know, she, uh, she kind of got over, kind of got over all that, but, um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it's, you, you meet those people that are, that are just it's like, it's like, Oh my God, it's, it'll change your life if you watch this and yeah, you, whatever. you watch it and it's just like, yeah, that kind of sucked. <laughs> yeah. You don't know the truth. It changed my, it, it changed my life in the sense that that's 90 minutes. I'm never going to get back. You know, that kind of thing. But, you know, it's... Uh, same same girl fucking loved Golden Girls. And I got to say, I'm at least... I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's a good... That's pretty good. That show, that show, pretty awesome. I, I get yeah. I, I get, I, I get a chuckle out of that show. Uh, so, 
So, so but um, so before I forget, you know, we were discussing uh, earlier in the show. We were discussing heat, discussing the the oppressive, ungodly, don't want to go outside heat uh, that is occurring right now, not just in the South, you know, the Southern United States, but also around the world. And that that leads us to to our our safety tip of the day, and that's guys, if you're going to be out in the heat, take care of yourself. Uh, heat drink stroke, up. drink yeah, up. Heat, heat, all the whiskey exhaust. you can get your hands on. Uh, <laughs> that's if you want to die. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, heat exhaustion and heat stroke are nothing to fuck around with. Yeah, um, we both we both worked considerable amounts of time at outdoor manual labor uh, mm-hmm. and have seen plenty of people get heat stroke and, and all that. And it's, it's, uh, it's not pretty. It's not a good time. It's, it's not pretty it's not at a all good time at all. So don't, especially uh, I'm, I'm looking at you uh, real manly men types. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't just fucking tough it out. Don't tough it out. Go get some water. Uh, do yeah, the thing like, uh, working on the farm. My dad used to, we, we had these big water jugs we'd carry around or whatever. And, you know, by the end of the day, you've just got milk, you know, you've got mostly melted ice water. So it's nice and cold or whatever. And he would take, you know, paper towels or towels or whatever, and kind of soak one in it, throw it over the back of his neck, you know, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, I give an even I give an even better cooling tip when I when I was playing ball as a teenager, uh, we used to make this concoction that would be uh, it would be like a cap full of ammonia that you clean with, mm-hmm. and a cooler full of ice water, and there was something about the ammonia that dropped the that dropped the temperature it like it it dropped like the freezing point, I think, and and I may be talking out of my ass here the effect. All I know all I know is it made it colder. Yeah. And so what we would do is we would have that that mix and we would dump uh we dip uh uh wash rags washcloths in it. Yeah. And when we would go to the dugout we'd sling them over our necks and and you know clean our faces off with them and stuff like that. So yeah, that's yeah. those are real effective. So I've, um, uh, I've actually heard people talk about how back when they played sports or whatever and like like summer into summer football practice and oh man and that all that sucked stuff. uh well not just that but people telling them that here you drink warm water or whatever it's better uh-huh. for you and uh-huh. and i don't know if that's i don't know if i believe that one i think i think the benefit of drinking warm water is it doesn't cramp your belly up it doesn't hit you. It's not a shock to the system as bad. Yeah, because when you when, like, if you take in like a shitload of cold water like right. that when you're really hot, your stomach will cramp. Gotcha. And that shit, gotcha. That, it feels, and that feels like you're getting shot. So was it? It wasn't so much of a. It's it like some idea of it'll cool you down better. It's a uh, preventing you from having a cramp. Yeah, from you being in, you know, doubling over in pain. You know, because you're hurting so bad. Because yeah, that'll and you'll throw it back up in a lot of cases. Well, the uh, yeah. the other thing on the farm is like we had the you know you uh, out there with the like the rice wells with the water and that that pumps out cold. I mean, oh, yeah. it's coming from deep in the ground. It's cold, and you get out there and you know where it pools up, where it, you know at the end of the pipe uh, pulls up, and you've got a couple feet of cold water kind of gathered there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my dad was always really careful about letting people get around that or get in it when you've been hot for too long. Cause you had people get out there and just dip their whole head in there and then pass out. Right. Because it's a hundred degrees outside and you just put, you know, 50 degree water on your head or whatever it is. I don't know, but it was cold. I, I, I do remember when we were, when we were probably in high school, um, there was a guy that I remember hearing about that. He had uh he'd been cutting hay all day up 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 in the hills up around Spring River, and um he he'd been out there working in the sun. One of those July you know hot July days, hundred degrees outside. Well, he decided to go take a take a quick dip in the river after he was done. And it killed him. Yeah, it, it it shocked his body and he had a heart attack. Yep, and it killed him. So so yeah. So if you're gonna if you if you do get too hot. Cool yourself down gradually. 
don't don't it's, jump it's in. The, it's the reverse of uh, it's our. I mean, I guess it's thir- yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was about to say. It's where reverse you, of you, hypothermia. Yeah, you crawl, you get into the bath, and you sink your torso down into it, and leave your arms and legs out, mm-hmm. so that the blood circulates and warms your hands and feet up. You don't dip those in because of the cold blood will come back in and shock you. Right. But yeah, the, the, the takeaway here is be careful in the heat guys. Be careful. Don't act too tough. Get you some water, cool off. Uh, it's better to go home after work than to tough it out and try to, and try to be a badass. Yeah. That kind of thing. So, uh, uh, well, with that, I think we're I think we're ready to wrap this episode up. So, um, you guys, uh, you know, we're always we're always looking for your input, especially on this subject. We want to hear your your tales uh, of dating, and we want to hear your you know your your dating stories and your impressions of dating, as well as your impressions of you guys that are married. You know, have been married long term. Your you know your impressions of married life, and um, you know, we're always we're always curious to hear those kinds of stories, and so. You know, if you if you want to, uh, you know, give us those stories, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at Audacity Pod, uh, also on Instagram, uh, Audacity Pod, uh, being the username as well. And you know, we'll we definitely want to hear your stories, and you know, at some point we may bring them back, uh, bring them back in another episode. It's kind of a kind of a open the mailbag type type situation. That that might get really fun. Yeah, that, that could be interesting. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, now, now if you do send something, make sure it's not going to like you, you boys that are married, you boys and girls that are married, make yeah, sure it's not going to like in any trouble. Yeah. Uh, don't, don't end up in a divorce classy, court. Please. We, you know, we're trying to establish a classy audience of, uh, right, right. of renegades and rednecks and rogues. Right. Uh, yeah. Don't, 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 don't find yourself in divorce court. Yeah. Over over a story or 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 in a possible criminal investigation because the statute of limitations hasn't run out on your story yet. So, right. you know, and I don't really we don't really want to hear those stories anyway. No, so. not not but, really. So, and with that, I I guess uh, we'll take off. All right. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, you know, stay safe in the weather, whether it's uh winter time, summertime, whatever. Just just be smart, be safe out there. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Take it easy. We'll see you later.